0: The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design. That's Kia.
3: Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA SA on cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You'll hear Sports Day every weeknight at 6 p.m. with myself, Paul Bonza. And with me tonight, uh, former Geelong, former Sydney Eagles Premiership player, it's Dan Menzel. Menz, welcome back.
1: Bonds, is good to be here. Uh, we've got some interesting topics tonight. I'm really looking forward to getting into a major announcement, which came this morning. Yes,
3: and uh, this is the summer edition, and in the winter, these chairs are filled by David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, and they'll be back just before the start of footy season. So uh, the boys, just a little bit of a holiday at the moment. But a big show tonight. Tom Brady has retired. That's the one. 45 years of age. He's retired. We'll get into uh, all of that. Uh, He had a little announcement today on social media. Uh, The BBL Challenger is on tonight. The Heat playing the Sixers. We'll look at them as well. The Heat have got a few out.
1: They have a lot (laughs) out. Uh, Their team's similar to when they were the worst team in the competition. So the Sixers for mine, but I'm looking forward to breaking that down.
3: Todd Gray from Greyhound Racing SA will be with us with a couple of tips. Hopefully he can get some winners for you. And the Adelaide Giants have made it to the Championship Series and we'll speak to their captain, Jordan McCartell, later in the show as well. But you can be part of the show. We can speak to you right now. All you have to do is call 1300 736 736 or text 0427 154 166. What do you feel about the great man, Tom Brady, retiring? All right, let's get into it, Men's Uh, All thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre, You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Center for expert car service. Book online at Repcoservice.com. Sports Day SA. On Cruise
0: 1323 and 1629 SENSA.
3: So Tom Brady retired today and uh, officially announced his retirement at the age of 45. So you're 31, aren't you? So I am. that means you've still got 14 years of footy left.
1: 14 more to go. So, uh, look, it's incredible that he played not just till 45, but at such a high level until the age of 45. Funny enough, he did retire on this same day last year. However, this has a much different feel about it. When he retired last year, you're like, "Is he really going to hang him up?" It had a different feel, didn't did it? Did had a much different feel. Whereas this year, he didn't have the statement. He just put out an Instagram video and basically said that. Uh, well, let's have it's a listen. Time
2: My competitors, uh, I could go on
1: forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream.
2: I wouldn't change a thing.
1: There it was, Tom Brady in that video, and he said that he used up his uh, speech last year, his letter last year, which he certainly did. And you could tell there the emotion uh, when actually watching it, it shows that he gets a bit emotional and uh, it does. It feels like he's going to move on to the next path uh, and the next thing in his life, which uh, which is going to be in broadcasting bonds, which he's got a nice deal there as well, which you'll go into, but an incredible, incredible record. He has got uh, never be matched. Read some for us. Well, he is the all time regular season leader in pass attempts, 12,050. And he's had 7,000, uh, 7,753 completions in that nearly 90,000 passing yards and 649 total touchdown passes. So, crazy, isn't it? There's some crazy numbers, but the craziest of all is he has seven Super Bowl rings. He has won seven Super Bowl titles, six with the New England Patriots and one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was as impressive as any to go to another organization and to lift them up and bring them that ultimate success. He was drafted in the sixth round at 199 overall when he came into the league. Yeah, and he said that, that
3: I guess that's one of the anomalies of the draft, isn't it? it's pretty rare that
1: you'll get that type of player at number 199. Yeah, it really is. And as a quarterback too, the, the yes. good quarterbacks go in the first round, but even in the second, third and fourth, maybe once you go past that, you're basically drafting for hope and just back up quarterback. So there was no expectation on Tom Brady coming into it. Uh, the amount of times you'd watch him play and as a, Supporter that supports a different team in the Philadelphia Eagles. You'd be watching, you'd be nervous when he's playing because you'd know that if Tom Brady gets the ball with the last drive of the game, it's virtually over. He's going to win it from wherever he is. And he did it on so many occasions. The highlight for me, I'll be interested to see what you say, Bonds. The highlight for me was when they played against the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl, 28-3 to three it yep. was in the third quarter. And the Falcons fans are up and about. We're finally going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, with Julio Jones. And I think it was Julian Edelman on the sideline said, this is going to make one hell of a story, one hell of a documentary when we come back and win this game. And they did from absolutely nowhere. He led them all the way back to win. Everything had to go right. It did. It was. Um, it showed why he was the GOAT, and he will be forever the GOAT in the NFL.
3: Yes, five Super Bowl MVPs and three NFL MVPs. You mentioned him moving into the media yes. last year. So it was almost a year ago, I think, that he signed a deal um, with Fox, valued at around about $375 million.
1: Over 10 years. So if yeah. my math is correct, $37.5 million. He earns about that to play at the moment. Pretty incredible he's going to retire and earn the same amount of money to sit in the booth and break down the games. I've heard a couple of people talk about this and they said – 10 years, $375 Like, he is the absolute goat. But we don't know if he can actually commentate. He's never done any of it before. Imagine if he goes in there and like, oh, maybe he's probably not going to be the best one. Peyton Manning and Eli are unbelievable. But not every player goes into it and is. So... They have really backed him in there, $375 million over 10 years. Um, he I'm is, reasonably confident he'll be okay. I think he will be. I, I think that's probably the reason why he will stay retired this time. He's, he's got some nice money sitting there that he goes, all right, my life in the in the actual playing circumstance is done. I'm going to move into the broadcast booth and, and do a, hopefully a great job at it. Does
3: he really need it though? the 375 mil, can he share a couple of mil with us? It's
1: the exact same argument as does LeBron James need to take 40 million every year from the Lakers or could he take 2 million and allow two other players to come in? It's it's an egotistical thing and it's when you're at the top, you want more and you want more and that's uh, that's what's happened in this case. Let's
3: uh, have a look at the BBL final, the Challenger final. It's on tonight. It starts very, very soon. And uh, if you're on SENSA, we'll be crossing live to that at around about 630 And uh, you'll be able to catch that live on SENSA. If you're with Cruz, you'll hear our chat with Jordan McArdle, who's coming up later in the show from the Adelaide Giants. Uh, Sixers take on the heat tonight at the SCG in the Challenger. Do we know the weather report? We're hoping it's not going to rain, is it? No, it it looks looks okay. It
1: looks better than what we actually have had here in Adelaide today, Bonds. Yeah,
3: what about the wind? Good day to fly a kite. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: been ridiculous. It's uh, probably not a, a day to fly out of Adelaide, which uh, the uh, Adelaide Giants are today. Yes,
3: off to Perth very shortly. Um, no Steve Smith for the Sixers. Dan Hughes, very capable player, comes in at the top of the order for Smith. And the Heat lose. Kawaja, Labashane, Renshaw, Swepson. Yes,
1: that is, uh, so they have the similar lineup or same lineup that they had at the start of the tournament. A little weather check for you, Bonds. Uh, 32 degrees and sunny in Sydney. Oh, so beautiful. it should be nice conditions up there. The Sydney Sixers, uh, rightfully so, finished second on the ladder. They and the Perth Scorchers were by far the two best teams this year. And I think we'll see that again tonight because they still have that talent in that team. Dan Christian just wins titles wherever he goes they got some really nice um, cohesion in that lineup that has been there at the pointy end. Whereas we talked about the Brisbane Heat in losing Kawaja Lavashane, uh, Renshaw, Swepson. They've brought in McSweeney, Brian, and Hazlett, but they just don't have the same firepower that they have had of late. And those guys that have lost have been the reasons why they've won these games. Yeah. So you're gonna to have to see someone else stand up tonight. Michael Nees has been really nice all tournament, but there I'm worried I'm worried about their bat end lineup. I don't see him scoring enough runs against Sean Abbott, who's in some really good form at the moment. Yes. Jackson Bird, they got they got a got nice bowling lineup, the Sydney Sixers. So for mine, the Sixers will be far too good. How about yourself?
3: Look, I, I think yes, the Sixers just win. However, T twenty cricket any game. Yeah. You can have a night off and lose the game and all of a sudden. You're off to Perth to play the Scorchers.
1: Yeah, you, look, you never know. The thing that uh, solidifies my decision on the Sixers is, is it is at the SCG. They play that ground Agreed. very well. And Stephen O'Keefe as the spinner there, he, he's it's, got an incredible record. I think uh, they'll bowl and bowl really well against this Brisbane Heat lineup.
3: It feels a little, by, a little bit like an A-grade side playing a B-grade side if you're looking at the lineups,
1: looking yeah. at it on paper. It does, and yep. it starts soon. So I can't wait to see who makes it to the Big Bash final against the Scorchers. Yes. Um I've got a question for you, Dan.
3: Far away. The practice games were announced this week from the AFL. Um, there's practice games and there's match simulations. Yes. Are they not the same thing? Is that like pulling a hammy and hamstring awareness? Is it exactly the same thing?
1: Uh, the practice games in the match gym are even more close and comparable than the hammy <laughs> awareness. Than the pulling a hammy. Uh, if you're playing against another opposition, it is a practice match. Uh, match simulation is what the terminology is. For mine, match simulation is when you have that against your own team. It's your yeah, internal, internal trial as such. But uh, a practice match is the exact same thing. When you're playing against an opposition because – Effectively, it's not for points, so it's just a, a practice match and it's your match simulation.
3: Stop making up words, people. No different. Just boffins doing that. Gets on my nerve. Um, Kia, they're a good friend of ours. Uh, pro- progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design. Now, later in the show, men's also uh, your AFL analysis. Yes. We're going through the Hawks, my beloved Hawks. We are. And the Ds.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to breaking down both of these sides, uh, either ends of the table. So um, I'll be interested to see if we get some feedback about where people expect the Melbourne Demons and the Hawthorne Hawks to finish this season. Uh, Melbourne, a really interesting team to break down. And your Hawks bonds, they have lost a ton of experience over the off-season.
3: Yep, that's to let the talent flow through. You can be part of the show as well. 0427 154 166. Text in. Let us know what you think about the Hawks, what you think about the Dees. Little news from uh, Sam, our producer here. Sam Pepper just signed a two-year extension with Port Adelaide Footy Club.
1: Yeah, it's recognising some good form there, which he's had uh, in recent times. And he's got a big couple of years ahead of him for the power to perform and make finals this year.
3: Coming up on the show, we're going to speak to Todd Gray from Greyhound Racing SA. Always a fantastic chat. And later, from the Adelaide Giants, Jordan McArdle. This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA.
0: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality.
3: Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323. And 1629 SENSA, Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you. And it's our favourite time of the week, Dan. It is. Thursday night, it's uh, time to welcome the great man from Greyhound Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia.
0: Sports
3: Day SA. It's a beautiful day. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. It's always
0: a beautiful day. Speaking to Todd Gray. Gray and <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Legends. What about your fine selves? Uh, we're flying today. We're going well. Giddy up. That's what we want to hear.
3: Right. What have you got for us, my friend? Uh, although, I just want to ask you one question before we get into your tips. Uh, it's a very windy day in Adelaide. Does that affect the dogs? They get blown sideways?
0: Uh, if it depends, obviously, the way the breeze is going. Sometimes, if it's blowing up their kyber, that can help with the time and actually do them a lot of favours, as you can imagine. But when it's blowing against their... um when it's blowing into them a bit, that can obviously, you know, make them just have to use a little bit, just a tiny bit more effort. It slows the time down a bit, therefore slows the dogs down a bit. Um, again, a lot like a wet track, when, when you get a real strong breeze, and I mean real strong, that normally helps to run on dogs a little bit. But uh, no, overall, just affects the times a little bit, and probably just the, the front runners are just hindered a, a slight, and I mean slight part, just a little tiny bit.
1: Well, Toddy, looking at your tips, you might need a little bit of wind assistance tonight. I want to know why and who you are going for, and then we'll get into it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, easy. Uh, Same as last week, lads, but hopefully the results are a bit better. Uh, I found a couple of big odds tonight because I just couldn't really find any absolute good things, absolute over-the-line jobs, I thought. Um, And they're, they're in the last two races as well, so it's going to be a late one. So sorry to keep everyone up um we're going to start with our value main value bet race nine number eight loving the cash look this, she's 20 to one in a five dog field i don't think she should be the ruffie of the field for mine i don't think she should even be double figures um bit disrespected in the market i mean she's finished on the podium her last six starts in a row and two of them a win down at mount gambia her box eight stats are actually quite nice 13 starts with seven placings but hasn't cracked it for a win yet. Um, Look, this favourite in one is $1.75. It deserves to be favourite. I don't know if it deserves to be odds on, but it deserves to be favourite. There's a very small chance the two dog might actually cut it in half at the start, Carney Gill. And if that does, then the race is just going to be left open for something to zip around them and just be right there on the pace and just run a real on kind of you know, bolter's race. And I think that's going to be loving the cash. Um, again, don't, nothing, you don't need to have any much on at these odds, you know, to enjoy it. But at $21 and around about nearly five bucks a place, I think massive chance at making the top two. And if the two does follow the plan and cause the favorite, a little bit of grief. Yeah. I reckon we're just going to be in the right place at the right time. So race nine, number eight, loving the cash at, yeah, 20 to one. And I would recommend taking the fix because I just don't think it's going to start that price.
1: There you go, loving the cash. You certainly will be if you back that thing, bonds, and it gets up at twenty one to one. I can see at the moment. What else do you have? Race ten. So you said the later ones, nine twenty five for race nine, nine forty four. What do you have in this race?
0: Uh, we're going to go. We're going to go two little win bets on two ruffies in this race as well. Um, I reckon the favorite here can get beat for mine. Um, the two dog. I reckon it's going to be leading, and I think it might get the old stitch the last hundred meters. So I'm happy to kind of. Well, I'm happy to find something which I think can lob second or third to it and run it down. And I keep coming up with number five, Local Dole. Uh, we threw this out last week at about 20 to 1. And oh, look, it was a, for mine, I'm not making excuses, it was unlucky. The best she'd ever jumped. She decided to jump on race day for a change and got um, wiped out on the first turn. She hit the line still pretty well. Um, I think this time, if she gets that clear run again. And if she can jump that well two weeks in a row, she could be lobbing second to the favourite here. And I do think the favourite will get tired. So I'm looking, yeah, I think the five can be in that spot to run it down. So the main play in race 10, number five local doll. And a dog where you just need to have your saver on here is number seven top model. Uh, I can't believe how well it went at Gawler last week, over 400 metres. It's one over 600, it's one over 500. It went straight to the front over to 400. I thought it was a different dog, to be honest. Um, It's the only start it's had for the new kennel. Uh, I can't believe how well it went. I don't know if it was just a one off or the stars aligned, but I just save on it because if it can repeat that effort again, it could almost take on this favourite for the lead. But I need to see it do it again, but at double figures, I just I don't want to be losing on the race if it gets up. So, race 10, number five, local doll as the main play, and save on number seven, top model as well at double figures. I hope I didn't make that too confusing. Sorry if I rambled on.
1: No, that makes sense, Toddy. So you've got race nine, number eight, Love in the Cash, and race 10, number five, Local dole. Now, Bonds, that is, if you multi them together, that is 252 to one for the two of them. (laughs) Easy money. If that was to get up, Toddy, then I think we'll have you sitting here in the studio doing the whole show next week (laughs) if that gets up at 252 (laughs) to one.
0: Oh, that's fair enough. No, if that gets up, I'll start looking at some quotes for a statue to be built to be at the track. It's ambitious, <laughs> but you've got to aim to
3: start sometimes, please. Thanks, Todd. Uh, appreciate you, and
0: uh, good luck tonight. Yes, Toddie. <laughs> Cheers, legends. Thank you.
3: And uh, gamble responsibly, as always. For expert greyhound racing, follow the tips uh, at grey at the sorry at the dogs essay on Twitter, or check out the greyhound racing essay page on Facebook uh, I can let you know men's that the Sydney Sixers have won the toss and they will bat in the challenger and if you're on SCNSA we'll cross to the SCG if you're listening on cruise we're going to have after the break men's is going to talk about the Hawks and the Demons and Jordan McCardle from the Giants is going to join us as well and you can stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass that visit nflgamepass.com there's only one game to go though
1: yeah, there is only one game to go. Make sure you catch that, though, and that is the Super Bowl. Not this Monday, but next Monday, 10 a.m. here in Adelaide is what time the game will be. Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Eagles. You like the Eagles Eagles, Eagles as well. Come on, yeah. the Eagles.
3: <laughs> Massive. Well, it's an Eagles family in here, isn't it? Lots of Eagles love. Um, do you like my top, by the way?
1: Yeah, he's wearing a Tom Brady jersey, yes. uh, New England Patriots. If those who were wondering, I've actually got an LA Giants jumper on. Who we're going to speak with, Jordan McCardle, next. We are after the break. Jordan
3: McCardle, stay with us here on the Summer Edition of Sports Day SA with Bonds and Mens.
0: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia.
3: Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You're with Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel. You can be part of the show as well. 0427 154 166. That's the text line. And, men's the Giants uh, made it to the big dance. And we're going to speak to their captain right now, thanks to our good friends at Tyre Power, your local Tyre Power. Save on Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three and get one free at Tyre Power.
0: Sports Day SA. The of the tiger. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Jordan McArdle, welcome
3: to the summer edition of Day SA. Hey, lads, how are you? Thanks for having me.
2: Now, you're currently
3: at the airport, are you, waiting to fly out to Perth? <laughs> yeah, currently at the airport.
2: We're in the Virgin Lounge, so just relaxing,
3: enjoying your, your food. But yeah, oh, good. We appreciate you joining us uh, before you get on that flight. Look, congratulations on making the championship series. It was a hard-fought series against Auckland. Were you confident going into Game
2: 3? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, um, Game 3, anything can happen. But we knew we had Jack on the mound ready to go, and he's been great for us, especially in the last, you know, four or five weeks. So um, we've had the runs on the board this year, so we, we knew we had the confidence that we could, you know, get it done.
1: Now, Jordan, you're talking to us from the Adelaide Airport on the way to Perth. Now, we got the decision, we mean in the Adelaide Giants, to either play Game 1 in Adelaide and Games 2 and 3 away, if required, or Game 1 in Perth, which is what we've gone with in Games 2 or 3 at home. Just tell us about the decision around that, and are you happy with that decision?
2: Yeah, obviously, um, this is what what we've chosen to do. So... um... Well, I mean, 43 years has been a long time. So if we can get it done this year, um, we want to be able to do it at home. So we'll um, head to Perth tonight and we'll play tomorrow and we'll try a lot tomorrow and then come back to a packed stadium in West Beach. in we can't wait.
1: And hopefully, yeah, get the win over there in Perth. Now, Games 2 and 3 will be here in Adelaide. Both teams have to travel. Will the travel have any factor in your mind uh, heading over there now and then obviously coming back pretty quickly?
2: Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean... Both teams will be on the same flight back here, I assume. So we'll go back here nice and early and then we can just relax for a couple of hours and then we'll head down to the field and then and yeah, try and win another game.
3: I did hear that, that there was going to be a chartered flight with both teams. So is it one team on one side of the plane, one team on
2: the other side of the plane? <laughs> 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 yeah, something like that. I mean, um, i got a few mates in the first team as well, so it'll be, pretty, it'll be a bit of fun game just to with them and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, once we get on the field, it'll be all game time. And then afterwards, we will be able to have a chat with them
3: as well, which is always fun. All right, I wasn't going to bring this up, Jordy, but I'm going to. And I am apologise before <laughs> I ask the question. Ninth innings in Game 3, a ball hit out to you. And uh, you overran it just a tad. Did you lose it in the lights? Or what happened
2: there? Uh, I think I just got a bit excited to go <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Um, off that, I thought I'm going to have to dive for this. So My first few steps, I thought I got off the mark pretty good. So I kind of got there um, pretty easy. And then I cruised. And then I maybe, I don't know, just took my outfit or surprised myself a little bit. I don't know. But, yeah, the ball hit the ground. And I was uh, all of a sudden very nervous. But we got, got, got the job done. So well, I it didn't matter. to so,
3: Yeah. Excited, really. Sort of two pitches later, game was over, so it mm. meant nothing. But uh, I thought I'd ask mm. how you felt after that.
2: Yeah, the, the boys the boys gave me plenty, plenty of uh, yeah, shit for that. So. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure they would <laughs> have. And,
1: and the other one I want to ask about is we spoke with the coach last week, Chris Tank-Adamson. How is he this week and how was he after the game? Is he reasonably calm and controlled and just let's get on to the next one or is he pretty animated after the win?
2: Um, he's always pretty calm and collected, so... Keeps us um, all grounded and stuff like that. So, yeah, he, um, he's diehard Adelaide. He lives he, this, is, this is his team. He loves it. So, yeah, he was very excited after the game. Um, enjoyed a few views uh, of the lads. So, it was good. And then now uh, it was Monday, it was back to work. And now, yeah, hopefully, we can get
1: done again. So, let's move on to the Perth series. So, the Perth Heat we're coming up against, um, <laughs> where is the advantage, or where do you think the series can be won for the Adelaide Giants?
2: Um, I've said it a few times to a few people this week. I, I think both teams, both teams from top to bottom, are really stacked lineups and can really get score numbers and score runs in big numbers and innings. So <clears throat> I think the key to winning this week <clears throat> is a team who, you know, throws the least amount of walks and makes the least amount of errors in the field. So if we can catch the ball and throw it strikes, it's going to go a long way in us um, helping to win because we know we're going to score, score and score off. Uh,
3: do you know who the starting pitcher will be tomorrow night yet?
2: For us? Yes. Yes, it will be Jordan Fowler. So we'll have Fowler ready to go tomorrow and then we'll come home for our biggest game of the year, whether to win a championship or to, you know, keep us in the season. So um, Unsworth will be our, our guy for us, you know. He's experienced and he's a veteran, so he's someone that we've leaned on so um, we know who had the experience about to, to do that too.
3: 43 years since the Claxton Shield's been in South Australia. Uh, is that a motivation for the group or especially the South Australians in the group?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, there's not not as many South Australians in the group, but everybody's bought into what we've had here. So, I mean, um, everybody really wants to win. We've been, been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, knowing that we've made the playoffs and this is something that we'd like to do. We feel like we've... Um, We've got the caliber of the team to be able to get it done, and we'd be very proud if, if we could get it done. But I think lots of people out there would be very happy if we could do
1: it. <laughs> We're speaking with LA Giants captain Jordan McCardle. Jordan, you, you touched on the pitches for us for Alice starting Unsworth. After that, with the batting lineup, is that pretty set going into games one and two, or will it be a little bit fluid depending on what happens in the first match up?
2: Um, I think it's pretty well set for now. So. Unless something, um, someone gets hurt or something
1: Jackson's happens, I wouldn't think it would change a whole lot with, with that. And one more from me, Jordy: Is how much do analytics come into the game? Watch a bit of Major League Baseball, you see that stolen bases, uh, specifics in the field, uh, make the smallest differences, but they all add up at the end of the day. How much does that come in?
2: Yeah, big time, especially in America and stuff like that. It's all becoming more and more analytical and more and more. Um, yeah, you know, relying on that kind of stuff. So we're, we we bought into it a little bit and it's getting more and more every season. So now we've, um, we've got um, data on pitches and batters and stuff like that. So it's only going to get more and more helpful for us in the next couple of seasons. So, yeah, it definitely helps a lot.
3: You've had a pretty good season yourself. Are you happy with the season and your form going into the big game?
2: Yeah, for sure. I felt like I started well. Um, I, I had a bit of a, a bit of lapse in the middle of the season, but I felt like I was seeing the ball well just at people, and then I finish the season, Finish the season hot. So, um, yes, I can just keep it going for hopefully two more wins. I'll be very, very
3: happy. Well, thanks very much for talking to us, Geordie. We wish you all the best. Uh, have a safe flight and get the winning game one and come home in front of a massive crowd out there at West Beach on Saturday night and uh, get that Claxton Shield for us.
2: Beauty. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we can't wait to get back to West Beach. I'll the win.
3: Jordan McCardle, the captain of the Adelaide Giants, who are in the Championship Series against the Perth Heat. Uh, you can watch it, watch it online. It's uh, on demand. Just go to the Giants website. It'll be on social media as well. So if you want to catch their game in Perth on Friday night, you can do that there. Um, he sounds very cruisy, Jordy. not doesn't get flustered very often.
1: Yeah, it's, it's what you want from your captain at this time of year. Uh, you want someone who's stable, who... He's able to go through the motions a little bit, make sure everything stays the same as it would in the regular season. And uh, they're in a great position. If they can steal game one over there, boy, it's going to be exciting come Saturday afternoon and Saturday night here in Adelaide. Cannot wait. Massive crowd.
3: I think there was only – I think they needed a few more general admission tickets to have their biggest ticket sales of all time. So get behind the boys and get down to West Beach on Saturday night. Uh, Man, it's Thursday, AFL Thursday. And can't wait for your analysis on another two teams. All thanks to Toolkit Depot, your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Well, that's the
2: thing about, that's what I like about. Yeah, that's the thing about, the thing about football. Oh. All
3: right, the first team. It's my team. You've got to be a little bit gentle on them. Yes.
1: I'm not sure I will be, Bonds. It <laughs> I don't is, think you will be either. It is the Hawthorne Hawks. So let's start with their ins in 2023. Carl Amon has come across from Port Adelaide. Cooper Stevens from Geelong and Lloyd Meeker ins. Have a listen to these outs. Ben McAvoy, Liam Shields, Tom Phillips, Daniel Howe, Cole Hardigan, Jack Gunston, Tom Mitchell and Jaeger O'Meara. That's pretty incredible, Bonds. They're all past it. Wow, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> let's I'm get kidding. into it then. So let's start with the strengths of the Hawks this yes. season. What are the strengths? The strengths are, I'm going to just throw this out there and, and make the point around it. Most sides could do with an intercepting James Cicely or a gut running pressure forward like Dylan Moore. You could also throw in a lockdown Blake Hardwick as well and a rebounding defender in Yath. And a good small forward in Bruce. So they have really good role players. And... That's what their strength is. They do lack quality in the side, but they have a lot of good role players that if you can ascend a few others and put a few around them, they'll be a good team.
3: What about the weaknesses of the Hawks?
1: Well, that, that's where this comes in. They are the youngest list in the competition and therefore with the names I just read out about who has left the club, they lack leadership and experience across the park. So they're going to be requiring their younger guys, their youth, to bring that energy week in, week out. Uh, the pressure gauge for the Hawks. Yeah, the pressure gauge for the Hawks is absolutely zero. Now, the point with this is, I'll just mention those names. After an off-season where you let Gunston, Mitchell, O'Meara walk to other clubs and then McAvoy, Shields, Phillips and Hardigan all leave your club, it is a complete and utter rebuild at Hawthorne and there is no expectation for this season. Correct. Uh,
3: Who needs to perform for them to, I guess... Beat those expectations.
1: I'm going to throw one at you, Bonds, and I'll be interested to see if you agree or if you've got one for me being a Hawthorne man. I'm going to say James Warple. Now, the reason I say James Warple is he won the best and fairest back in 2019 in just his second season, but he has struggled to replicate that form since. With the vacancies left by Omira and Tom Mitchell, there will be absolutely no excuses for Warple to reclaim that midfield spot before the younger guys come in and overtake him. I agree
3: 100%. He's one, and he probably knows it himself. He's one that needs to step up. John Newcomb had a massive year last year, so I think he's one that can fill the gap. Uh, he's got the talent, yep. but lost his way a little bit last season.
1: He did after an incredible start to his career at AFL level. Who
3: do you think will be the most improved player at the Hawks?
1: The most improved player, I believe, will be their pick seven from last season in Josh Ward. Uh, he showed glimpses. uh towards the back end of last year. Now, I touched on O'Meara and Mitchell gone. The opportunity to become the best mid in the team, along with Warple, is certainly there for the taking. I think Josh Ward will have a very good season for the Hawks. Needs to put some weight on a
3: little bit. for a little bit slight, uh, so I'd like to see him, and he's probably done that in the off-season. Who wins their
1: best and fairest? Yeah, look, James Sicily will win their best and fairest. There's not many at the club that are in their prime, and I believe that he plays that intercept uh, marking defender really well, and let's be honest, Bonds, the ball's going to be back there a lot. So I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities for touches and to be able to impact the game. The Hawks' premiership window, it's obviously right there. It is 1 a.m., Bonds, <laughs> 1 a.m. on oh, the other side of the clock. Which means it has gone past and it is in complete rebuild from the start. Uh, 12 o'clock means they are ready to win. 1 a.m. means they are the furthest from being ready to win. For mine, it's amazing that Luke Bruce is still there. With the players they've moved out, uh, he's a great character and a great person to have at the club, but it just shows they are so far from contending. 1am for mine. Does that show good character
3: from Luke Bruce to hang around the club and not look for a transfer?
1: Yeah, it does. It certainly does. Um, Stability, he might be really happy with where he's living, with his life uh, and with his role at the club. Uh, Potentially a missed opportunity for other clubs as well because he's still a gun and still could play a role in good teams. All right, ladder position for the Hawks. The Hawthorne Hawks will finish 18th on the ladder in 2023. That is correct. They will win, in my eyes, the Wooden Spoon. Now, with seven of your most senior players leaving the club this offseason, as I mentioned, they're going to struggle to compete, and Sam Mitchell for mine will be fighting it out with his premiership-winning coach, Alistair Clarkson, for the Wooden Spoon. And I believe that Hawthorne will win it this year. I think they'll finish 18th with the youngest list and the least experienced list in the competition. Do you disagree as a Hawks man? You're crazy, mens. All right, let's move on to Melbourne. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne Footy Club. They had a, a pretty good year last year.
1: Yes. They, uh, well, they did. But by their own standards and admissions, they would say that they probably didn't. And... Let's start with their additions. Brody Grundy is into the club. Massive get for the Melbourne Demons. Josh Shackey's come in. Lockie Hunter as well. So I really like how they've recruited well for what they need. They lost uh, Luke Jackson. So that's the Grundy and Gorn. Um, I guess, positional swap there in the yes. forward line. Uh, and I think that the other two can help them out as well in roles. So if we go to their other outs with Luke Jackson, Sam Wiedemann's gone, Bedford, Jaden Hunt, Mitch Brown and Magic Majek So a lot of just fringe and periphery players there. So not too much of a loss and Grundy's that massive get for them. I agree. Uh, what about their strengths? They've got plenty. They do have plenty. Uh, their strength is inside the centre square. Now, to have Gorn in the ruck rotating with Brady Grundy is incredible. It's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, let alone throw in Petraka, Oliver, Viney, Brayshaw and Lockie Hunter when he goes through there. Their midfield with this ruck combination can be the best midfield in the comp and can dominate teams, and they will dominate teams at times this year.
3: Do you think there will be any sort of to and froing between that Gorn and Grundy, how they work together? Do you think that's going to take some time?
1: Uh, I do think it will take some time. But in saying that, they're not working together in tandem as in they're not in the same space or area. So effectively, when they're in the ruck, go your hardest. The the challenge will be when they're in the forward line. That will be the challenge. And so I know as a player coming up against someone like that, if you're an opposition ruckman and you're going, yep, we've got Max here and he goes off and then Brodie Grundy comes in fresh... That's going to be so hard, uh, one, to negate, but two, mentally to actually overcome that as well. It's going to be a real challenge for opposition teams, and they're going to have to look at playing differently. So, you're a standalone one ruck team. You're probably going to have to play two rucks against Melbourne or concede that you're going to lose and lose the hitouts massively.
3: Weakness for, of the Melbourne Footy Club?
1: The weakness of the Melbourne Footy Club is their inside 50 efficiency. Now, they lost their way last year after moving the ball so well in 2022. They lack that genuine key forward with McDonald getting injured last year. And so in large part with him back and either Gorn or Grundy down there, they might have alleviated this tool marking key forward issue. Jackson's still developing. So he he was okay last year, but they didn't have the cohesion. They didn't have the inside 50 efficiency and ball use like they did the, the year before. So if they can get that right with Gorn, with Grundy, with Bailey Fritsch, who I really like, there's a few mm. others up there, um, that's what they will be focusing on in their pre-season because that let them down massively last year. Pressure gauge on the Melbourne Football Club? Pressure gauge is mild. Simon Goodwin and this Demons team have won a lot of games over the last two years, and that premiership won't be forgotten about quickly. So... It is only mild. However, they do have a quality list, so they need to make sure they're contending again. So who does need to perform for them to win the flag? I've got two players here, Bonds. I think that uh, Tom McDonald and Brody Grundy are two massive players for the Melbourne Demons this year. Now, they've both got a point to prove, and I think they've both got the greatest upside that can actually catapult the Demons back to the top of the ladder. So Tom McDonald is almost their barometer of the team. When he's up and running, covering the ground... What he adds to that team is massive, and Brody Grundy, he, he really needs to remind the comp and will want to remind the comp just how good he is. I think a lot of people have forgotten about how good he is. He was out. Cameron and uh, Mason Cox did a good job at Collingwood, and they go, well, maybe Grundy's not actually that important or that good. He, he certainly will want to show everyone why he was one of the best, if not the best, ruckman in the comp for a long time. And uh, I think that they can do that between McDonald, between Gorn, between Grundy. If they can get that right with a key forward and ruck set up, they're going to be hard to beat.
3: Most improved.
1: Yeah. Here's a name for you. Jacob Van Ruin. So at 193 centimetres, he's a versatile key forward. That's not dissimilar to Bailey Fritch. So he kicked 36 goals in the VFL last year, and he should get a really good opportunity to come into the team this season and he's almost going to be like your Jamara Yugo Hagen at the Bulldogs where you've already got Aaron Norton. You might have Bruce down there or Bontempelli. So he's going to get the third or fourth key defender. So if they get games into him, they give him opportunities, he's still going to be that tricky matchup because Melbourne's got Gorn, they got Grundy, they got McDonald, they got Bailey Fritch. There's a lot of guys up there. I think he could have a good year. There's
3: been a little bit of a chat about him too, and he might just slide into a few fantasy teams as well because he's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's uh, cool. Best and fairest.
1: Uh, I'm interested to see who you think here, but I'm going to go Clayton Oliver. I think he could win the Brownlow if it wasn't for all the other stars in the teams that take the votes off him. I'm going to go Clayton Oliver this year. Big fan of Oliver. I th- I th- I th- I k- he could win the Brownlow this year. Yep. Okay, yeah. so you're going to agree on that one? Premiership window. Yeah, I've got them at 10 o'clock. So they are there and they are ready. I haven't got them at 11 or 12 o'clock Because they've at least got one more good year in them. If they don't win it this year, it's not do or die. Because their most valuable players in Petraca, in Oliver, and in Lever, they're only 27 this year. So they've still got two or three more years in their prime. So if they don't win it this year, they still have time next year and the following year to be able to win it. So they are very close they are thereabouts, But I don't think they're about to tip over the edge.
3: And their position on the AFL ladder.
1: Yes. Well, I had Hawthorne finishing in 18th position. I have the Melbourne Demons at the end of the regular season finishing on top of the ladder. I have them finishing first on the ladder. Now, they were 10-0 and last season and on the way to, my, to back-to-back minor premierships. People forget about that because the issues crept in and they couldn't fix them on the fly. So I think that they dropped back to the sixth hardest draw, from the hardest draw last season. Now that you've given them the off-season to review, the coaches to review and actually go, well, this worked in the first half and then teams did this to us in the second half of the year. It's really hard to change that when it's happening in-season, but they've had a whole off-season to look at it, to sharpen up, the players sharpen up, the coaching staff sharpens up, and I think this quality team will be back on the top of the table at the end of the season.
3: The Very, very interesting um, analysis of both the Hawks and the D's. I, I like the Ds this year too. I think they'll be very close to the number one or number two position.
1: Uh, it's a it's a really interesting one. I, I'd i be interested to know what other people think in terms of do they think the Hawks, have I got them low there, when in the wooden spoon? And conversely, do I have the Demons too high? Because some people don't think the Demons will be as good as they were a couple of seasons ago. 18th for Hawthorne and 1st for Melbourne. Uh, I'd be interested. Top and tails. Yes, to get some different opinions I, on that. I um, – uh, for, for me, and you mentioned it a number of times,
3: the Grundy Gorn relationship, how that works, I think that's the key to their success. I think it'll work. Hence, I think they will.
1: Uh, yeah, go. It will be really hard to beat, as you said. It absolutely will, and and it's nice to have that backup as well. If one of them goes down, um, but if they can build that continuity throughout the season, they've had a. I mean, it all reports every team has a good preseason, but they've had a really good preseason from reports, and it. It makes sense. When you win a flag, it is really hard to go back-to-back and your, uh, I guess, levels of intensity and in training are not always as high that next season because you've had that success, whereas when you don't succeed, you have that chip on the shoulder and I feel like that will be Melbourne this year. A
3: couple of things I want to put to you. Uh, lost in the wash items, we'll call them. Like a bit of a conspiracy theory. Okay. Dan, what are, what are you, you got th- for me? Do you think the Indian consulate in Melbourne refused the visa of Usman Khawaja just so he had to go to Melbourne and they could get selfies in an autograph with him. Because <laughs> uh, the Indian fans are absolutely mad for cricket.
1: They are. Uh, well, if this is your conspiracy theory, then yes. we'll go with it. Um, this is not the first time this has happened to Aussie as well. Yeah. Uh, so he tweeted something about this only a month or two ago, I think it was, and, and said that um, he's been pulled up in the past. You've got to get used to it to someone else who got pulled up. He said it's not right, but it's what happened. So it's a, it's an interesting one, surely not. But uh, you wouldn't put it past the passionate Indian fans.
3: <laughs> Ryan Harris uh, had an interesting take this morning on SEN Breakfast. He said that uh, he was hoping that it was Queensland cricket and the heat managers that uh, mucked up his his visa, so, so he can we could play, play tonight. tonight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they need him tonight with the players that have left that Heat team tonight. The Sixers will absolutely smash him, I believe, but um, they could certainly do with Usman at the top of the order.
3: We had a quick chat about this uh, before we started the show. Danai Beaniekirk's been left out of the South African T Twenty squad. Uh, she missed by not completing the two K time trial in the required standard yep she was 18 seconds short she ran a personal best and she's the wife of uh, Marizanne cap yep. also part of that team um what are your feelings on that should should that fitness keep out a veteran that's played almost one of the best cricketers South Africa has produced yep it would be it would be like leaving Booney out of the Australian side because he didn't run fast enough
1: yeah well uh, that probably answers it in itself bonds with uh, how the times have changed. Uh, because I think that they're trying to set a standard there. She's ran over 9.30, I believe it is. Um, yeah. It's Look, it's not a great time for anyone. Uh, y- your elite teams around the world, men's and women's, are running between six and seven and a half minutes, so 9.30 is pretty slow. But uh, I like the saying with greater talent equals greater tolerance. However, that hasn't been applied on this occasion. Um, no. So she has been left out. They're trying to set a standard. Good on them. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the fence here.
3: I think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Being a slightly uh, overweight person,
1: <laughs> I'm a bit dark. I reckon you might get 930 bonds. But it's not going that quick.
3: Michael, another interesting thing
1: oh, before yes. we go.
3: Uh, Michael Jordan, career earnings $90 million. Last year, from his Jordan brand, he earned $256 million. In one year in one year that is staggering been a great show good luck to the Adelaide Giants and uh, tomorrow Miles Fitzner will be with you I'm down with the 36ers thanks for listening this is the summer edition of Sports Day SA
0: you're listening to Sports Day for Kia the striking Kia range the cornerstone of progressive technology blistering performance and quality design that's Kia